Leaders in medical education, licensure, and board certification have struggled to decide how to respond to assertions by doctors on social media that aren't supported by evidence and that may harm patients, including assertions related to COVID-19. In 2021, the American Board of Internal Medicine announced that providing false or inaccurate information to patients or the public constitutes grounds for disciplinary sanctions. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Richard Barron, President and Chief Executive Officer of the ABIM. Dr. Barron has co-authored a perspective article about misinformation and the medical profession. Dr. Barron, how often and for what types of conduct has the ABIM generally investigated or sanctioned physicians in the past? We have a long-standing disciplinary process. We have in the past used it for instances of cheating. We've used it when doctors lose licenses for unprofessional action. And sometimes in situations where we become aware of unprofessional behavior, where a state licensing board has not yet taken action, we can and do take action against those doctors. It's by no means a common situation, but it is something that we have done every year over the last decade, at least a few times. And has the board reviewed cases of false information spread by physicians before the COVID-19 pandemic, or is this a new problem? It's certainly not a new problem for physicians to be spreading false information, but I think the pandemic highlighted the problem, made it much more visible, and in the context of social media, broad mistrust of authority and institutions, it's become a particularly acute problem. So you say in your perspective article that after the ABIM issued this policy statement, you received reports alleging violations by specific positions. What has the board done with those reports? What does the sanctions and appeals process look like? The sanctions and appeals process is well documented on our website, but basically a doctor gets a letter that would notify them that we have some concerns and shares what those concerns are. And the doctor is invited to supply written information to a staff committee that will meet not less than 45 days from when the letter is received. The doctor is advised in that letter that if the staff committee recommends a sanction, the doctor has a right of appeal, including representation by counsel, to a panel of three doctors, one director of ABIM, two other expert physicians, and the decision of that appeal panel is final. So that's our disciplinary process. Doctors receive notice. They have an opportunity to tell their story. They have an opportunity at some point in the process to be represented by counsel, and judgments are made by peers. Has the ABIM rescinded the certification of any physicians specifically in response to the spread of COVID-19 misinformation? That's a complicated question. It isn't zero. And we have a process that has multiple stages before revoking a certificate or imposing other sanctions. And that process is ongoing. So I can't presume to predict the outcomes. And I couldn't, for instance, tell you what the answer to that question would be next month or the end of the year. And how does the board distinguish between statements with which many physicians might disagree and statements that are definitely wrong? Where's the line? That's an excellent question and one that our colleagues worry about. I had a conversation with an oncologist who said, how do you decide what misinformation is? We have passionate debates in oncology about the right way to manage breast cancer. Are you going to be picking sides in evolving science in a way that is damaging to innovation and disrespectful 
of honest professional disagreement. And my response was, a better example would be if you saw a patient who was declining treatment for breast cancer that you knew to be beneficial because she was receiving advice from a doctor that she should treat it with magnets. I think that would not be something most people would regard as a matter of professional disagreement. They would see that as, I'm sorry, if a patient relies on that advice, they are way more likely to be harmed than to be helped. And that's the kind of standard that we used. You write, though, in your article that the Tennessee state legislature has passed a law prohibiting the state's licensing board from taking any disciplinary action against any doctor for any treatment offered to a patient with COVID-19. And you say that similar laws are under consideration elsewhere. So what effect is that kind of law going to have on the profession's ability to self-regulate, to maintain public trust? I think it will have a devastating impact on the profession's ability to self-regulate and maintain public trust. All of us operate under some grant of state authority, and the state gives us the right to write prescriptions, to be paid by insurance companies, to order laboratory tests. That's an authority granted to us by the state. But the state grants authority to a licensing board composed of physicians and patients, public members, to make determinations about who gets a license and who keeps a license. It's not something that a state legislature has typically involved itself in once it grants, creates the administrative structures designed to oversee it in a way that protects the public. I think what we're seeing is state legislatures getting involved in the regulation of medical practice in a way that they're simply not qualified to do and are way better advised to rely on expert clinicians to do. Finally, why do you think COVID-19 in particular has been the subject of so much misinformation, including within the medical community? And what lessons can we draw from it for preventing the spread of false information in the future? I think one of the tragedies of COVID is the way in which science around COVID has been politicized to take on a whole valence that it never had before. And people are recasting things that were scientific issues as questions of freedom and choice and liberty in a way that I think puts patients' health at risk. And why this is happening specifically now? Well, I think we're living in an environment of great distrust, of much questioning of authority, of much doubt about the legitimacy of many institutions. And I think that many medical institutions, hospitals, health systems, medical practices, all are struggling to have their voices heard in a way that allow them to protect patients and serve patients, which is why we all go to work. Thank you, Dr. Barron.